This is your pilot speaking is recorded live around Portland, Oregon at bars. It can get NC-17 real quick, so in other words, no babies allowed. We got that to go. So, you ready to start? Are we ready to start? Let's Doesn't do it. Look like we have many cars coming, so that's a convenience. <laughs> except for this guy, who sounds like it's going to be loud, but I can't promise if it will or won't. Oh, it's not too bad. Okay, that was okay. That was pretty pleasant. That was all right. <laughs> but now there's a fucking helicopter going over because, of course, you know what? We're just gonna do it anyways. Hi. Welcome to This Is Your Pilot Speaking. My name is Jeremy O'Connell, your main man, your pilot, your cutest little boy, and we are once again joined by my co-pilot, Morgan. Morgan, say hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's been a really long day. Been a yeah. been a pretty pretty weird day been for in the me. Been for a long time today, so. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even supposed to work today, so that was pretty bizarre, and there was a whole lot of shenanigans going on as far as my work thing is concerned. Um, podcast listeners, I apologize in advance if these become a little sporadic or weird i just want you to know that it's because my real adult job that pays my bills has gone batshit crazy so i apologize in advance and it sucks today we're gonna do round two fight of (laughs) sci-fi and we have decided that we're gonna do utopia versus dystopia or i guess sort of a compare contrast as far as like um you know writing a college paper would be concerned uh and then we're going to go into sort of like dystopian um sci-fi horror and then i would really like to get into like uh utopian ideals as far as science fiction is concerned so do you have anything off the top of your mind grapes that you can throw out there well i watched the thing (laughs) which is a bit of a dystopia (laughs) yeah god it had been so you know like that movie just made such a huge imprint the first time I saw it, the second time I saw it, how many times I've ever seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I hadn't seen it in such a while, such a while, such a long time that it literally watching it again and just like, wow, I have the same fucking feelings of watching this. Yeah. No, it's very, very visceral. It's definitely something that it, it hits you right in the chest. Yeah. Um... Because I remember the first time I watched it, which was actually later on in life, and I had watched a fair amount of horror films. So at that point in time, I was like, I'm ready for it. It's a movie from, you know, the 80s? Question mark? <laughs> I honestly don't know exactly the when it's of the from. 80s, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, sure, something like that. <laughs> Why not? No one's going to fact check us. <laughs> Live, uh, yeah. the internet. Yeah, great. It's going to be great whenever we do a live show and they're like, hey, remember in that really early episode where you said that the thing was from 1980? You're wrong! And I'm furious, and I've been furious about it since then. Um, I was for sure terrified 
Like, it was definitely a very cringe-worthy movie. It was one of those movies where it gave the best reaction ever of having my hands up, like, under my chin. <laughs> just like, oh, something bad's gonna happen. And I loved the fact that all the corners you would expect for them to do jump scares at were just ratcheting the tension even oh further. Oh my gosh, exactly. exactly. Just making you hate every minute of it, but you can't stop watching because you're like, who's it gonna get next? Yeah. Who's, uh, whose who's, hands are who gonna chomp who off? the thing? <laughs> he thinks your fingers are baby corn! You can't eat him! <laughs> oh no! The, the, the one thing, though, like, I question, unless I just, like, totally missed it again, sure. how did they get infected? Was it just because of contact was how they got infected? Well, yeah, it's the alien uh, that they find in the snow or in yeah. the ice pack. The, the Norwegians find him, and then the dog's running and goes into the next camp. The dog yeah. licks the face of the first person. And I was like, is it with cells that... Yeah, so I'm assuming contact? that it is kind of like a phagic sort of deal where it's... But they would have all come in contact with each other. That's the whole thing that like I was like, Aww. you're in isolation. You're literally touching the same products every day. I think then maybe it might be like a spit thing. Yeah, and like they did try doing a where, you know, everyone has to prep their own meals now. And we don't question <laughs> it. I'm questioning it in deep. No, and, and you know, I, you know, but that is like that is the basis for dystopian sci-fi or mm-hmm. I mean the basis for like horror sci-fi rather is just you don't question it. You're just terrified the entire time. It's like the xenomorphs and alien where you don't question where they came from. You just know they're there and they've got acid blood and they're going to murdelate you. Yeah. And all you've got is a hammer and some sneaking skills. That's it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you're gonna die. Unless you're Ripley. Who, God bless that character. Such a great role. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, no, and then I like, you know, I started watching some of the extra features and I didn't finish it. But, you know, again, John Carpenter. One of the masters. Um, Absolutely. It, you know, he he's went into when he first saw the thing yeah the very original one and then um you know based off of the the book um it is a book isn't it yeah i totally forgot about that yeah and and have you read it and i have not no me neither (laughs) so that's a great little chunk that we have for the podcast right there you know you guys don't know your whole history rude (laughs) <laughs> Way to do your race research, guys. If you've listened to any other episode of this, you know that we do not do our research. Except, like, on spot, let's pull out the phone, let's go yeah. to Google. <laughs> oh, shit, we messed that up. <laughs> we gotta rectify it real fast. Morgan, pull out your phone! <laughs> By the way, at the beginning it says Antarctica, two thousand. sorry, 2000, wow, 1982. But I don't know if it was made in 1982, or if it was late 70s, early 80s. I want. I, I would assume it's the 80s. I would assume that they're doing like modern day something along those lines. As far as dystopian alien, uh, like not dystopian alien movies, dystopian sci-fi films are concerned, my sort of ground for it, as far as like a dystopian masterpiece is concerned, is uh, Children of Men. Okay. If you ever saw that one. I have not. Okay, so the premise of Children of Men is that no babies are born and they haven't been born for over 15 years. It's based off of a book um, that's equally as fantastic and it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron who did the third Harry Potter. Just a bit of trivia (laughs) right there. And it has um, 
it's really, really well known for having this incredibly uh, complex single shot in it that's almost, I think it's um, over three and a half minutes long. Mm -hmm. And it's one take. Um, and it will blow you away when you see it. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. But it kind of is my perfect example of just very bleak, grim, but accurate sort of things. And on top of that, it was like, to me, it was like a far more accurate depiction of, of Blade Runner. Because mm -hmm. to me, Blade Runner is kind of post-post-dystopian. Mm -hmm. Like, we know things are garbage and terrible and everything's bad. That's accepted. But this is going into dystopian where it's right on that cusp of breakdown. Do you have any films you feel like kind of delve in that area at all that you can think of? Not like, you know, I probably will find it, think of something, but right now all I can think of is like television shows. Like which know? ones? Like the 100. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. And we're back to the 100. And Lost in Space. Um. Lost in Space is the most non-dystopian thing in the world, Morgan. What are you talking about? By the way, a quick fact check. It says the thing was made in 1982. All right. That is a two. Okay, not a three. And it says the research facility in Antarctica comes across an alien force that can become anything it touches with 100% accuracy. So that answered my question. So it's just, wait, it's just touch? And that doesn't make sense because everyone touched everyone. Yeah, there. that's 100% <laughs> fucked. Yeah. And like, my dude, like, the, like, even the part where they're like, they're. Um, sorry, people who haven't seen it. Does that mean Kurt Russell's, like, immune? Well, no, that's the whole thing, though, is, like, it, they did the little blood test, and when they were tied everyone up. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And like, when they're untying someone, it's like, so people are touching and having contact. At the end, you have the two characters that are, it's the middle of the fucking night during a storm, and, and they're outside and just drinking, and they're looking at each other, like, what the fuck do we now, you and know? And the dog runs away, and... Oh, the dog does, the dog is already dead. They're already... Wait, are we talking about the original or the remake? Uh, the, the remake in 1982. The remake, the dog runs away at the end. No, the, in the beginning. The Norwegians go after it, and the dog mutates and eats the other dogs. Right. And then, so then... It, I'm getting it all mixed up. Yeah. Oh, well. But, yeah. It's just movies. Who cares about those? But, no, I, I, what I, I liked about that, too, is that um, John Carpenter took it to a whole nother level with, like, uh -huh. the, the mutations and um, and copying, you know, the human form or yeah. whatever life form and then changing it and then having those little monsters and, like, weird testicle thingies, like... <laughs> They did kind of look like balls. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like they are very phallic. Slimy things coming out, like then, then like the the one that looked like a dog spider. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that's the best spider. one. <laughs> yeah, with like that. Uh, my actually, my favorite is the head that has the little yeah that one like, that, crab that, legs. That reminded me of like I don't know why I was thinking like a testicle like. <laughs> It's gross. It's so gross. It's great, though. But I like uh, well, a quick, so, like, quick random thing. At the end, and even part of, like, some of the conversation while all of this terror is happening, mm -hmm. you know, they, they found out that they were infected, supposedly. They, they are. Were, they so are, they but were, okay. They were thinking about all of mankind. Like, if we leave here, or if we die and we're found by the, the search team, 
everyone's it's, it's phone. It's still going to do that. Mind you, yeah. they, um, the doctor blew up or destroyed the room that had all the communications yeah, in it. Yeah, they lit everything on fire. Yeah. Yeah, well, he took, like, the axe to it, and then at the end, they ended up lighting the whole thing on fire. But still, those two are alive. What if? And then the research team's still going to come in, so it's the still possibility. And then so, you know, Kurt Russell's character was trying to... Um, Eventually, it's just going to be a giant pile of bodies there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it's just going to get bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger. bigger, and bigger. bigger. <laughs> Snowed over. And so I'm saying, like, you know, they can't, like, help the alien and be like, get, let's, let's get your ship back together, bro. Let's get you out of here. Well, there wasn't a ship. There was in 1982s, yeah. Sir? There okay. was because when they went to the Norwegian site, oh they yeah, found it had the like videos. the big thing with the finger. Yeah, okay, all right. And then they found the site that was being made, um, the American site. They're they're finding the um, the small ship that was being built Which under, underground. Just goes to prove my conspiracy theory that rule number one: don't dig anything up out <laughs> in the frozen tundra. <laughs> It's always going to end poorly. You don't know what you're going to you, find. You don't. Ugh, They're boy. going to get you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a deep pull, but okay. <laughs> I said that to my niece as she's running away. And it looks like they're going to get you, Barbara. And mom looks at me like, what? You're like, <laughs> you Barbara. wouldn't get it. It's a reference. <laughs> I was like, my dad would understand. <laughs> he showed dad me. knows me. <laughs> dad showed me that movie. <laughs> you're not... You're, <laughs> My dad's cool. <laughs> he showed me all the movies I was supposed to see. <laughs> um, so have you seen Blade Runner then? I have seen the Blade original. Runner, yes. Uh, the, yes, once upon a time, like a long, 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 long time ago. So. Oh, see, because it's one of my faves. Yep. So I'm going to ask you real quick to just pull that up on your phone so you can be on board with me too. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? What? It was made in 1982. <laughs> That's when all the best movies came out, apparently. Blade Runner is uh, equivalent to me on the um, the scale as Children of Men. I feel like they both are their own separate entity, but as far as a truthful depiction of what humanity can do to itself at a moment's notice or over a period of time as everyone kind of forgets and accepts the fact that like nope this doesn't happen anymore this is where it's going to inevitably lead um do you remember literally anything about blade runner that sounds like a big fat no morgan a blade runner must pursue a giant replicants who stole a ship in space and returned to earth to find their creator Mm -hmm. that's what happened in blade runner i remember thank you thanks so much (laughs) thank you imbd yeah i'm gonna tell you this right now she just read that straight (laughs) off her phone i I said bd imdb Excuse me. International Movie Database. <laughs> yes, which I happen to be on. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a real one-sided conversation, huh? Uh, no. No, we'll get into Star Trek real quick, and then you'll be able to... <laughs> no. no, we'll get into Star Wars. Okay, we can do, we can do that. Yeah, but uh, real quick, just touching on Blade Runner. Um, as far as a dystopian is concerned, um, I read the book first. I read okay. the Android stream of Electric Sheep, and there's a lot of stuff that he brings up in there that to me is just so weirdly accurate mm-hmm. and so close to happening right now that it's a little low-key terrifying. Okay. Um, the, the amount of smog, the massive superstructures, the disparity in wealth, neon being everywhere... <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> like, like it, uh, it, and it's just like visually, it's just such a beautiful film, but it's beautiful in the way that watching a train wreck is beautiful, in that it's 
it's real sad. Yeah. Um, and gorgeous, and the soundtrack goes along with it too in a group in a really beautiful way. Um, shout out to Vangelis by whatever they have ever made. They're a great band. Do you have any like sci-fi or future movies that kind of struck a chord with you in their realism or how they portrayed the future that you immediately went like, yep, that could happen? You know, there was a movie I just watched on Netflix and I'm trying to remember. Is it the 100? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, it was. No, just kidding. Oh, I'm kidding, shit. I'm kidding, I'm okay. kidding. Um, so, no, there was a movie, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I think I actually know what it is. Um, it, I, mind you, by judging by the clothes that they're wearing, yeah. um, I'm assuming this is something 70s or 80s. Okay. Um, but not like when it was made but okay so but yeah like the film like i it was filmed in 2015 okay um it was called high rise oh my god i love that it's uh based off a book yeah 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 yeah. um i figured that it was based off of a book um but just kind of like so high rise just the ideas behind it like they're building the structure everyone wants to like the main character um he wants to stay in there, even though it, it would be more convenient to live somewhere else. But yeah. he's paying more to be here, and then the shit show of it falling apart. Is just beautiful. Sorry, I had I had a major thought about that. We were shortly interrupted. Sorry. No, that's fine. Sorry, that's guys. totally fine. So we were talking about dystopia, and we were talking about Blade Runner and the disparity in in uh, in, in uh, wealth and and yeah, <laughs> high versus low, all of these things, that sort of mindset. High rise. That one, like, yeah, I think it was set for a certain time period. Yeah, again, I haven't read the book or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought it was so beautiful and so disturbing. But at the same time, it's it. I, I thought it had a lot of relevance. Um, um, it one hundred percent did, and it's got Tom Hiddleston in it, which is just the greatest. And also Jeremy Irons, aka uh, Scar <laughs> in Lion King. <laughs> I liked uh, that they had um, uh, Luke Evans in it. Um, I've been watching a few different films of his, and I when I, I am DB'd his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I saw High Rise. Oh, so you were like, I gotta get in on uh, this. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Liked his 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 uh, kind of. I don't even know how to describe his character because he's trying to make a documentary to show this. He's trying to do the next big thing. He has these ideas. It's kind of a shit show. <laughs> kind of a shit show character. But I, I like that there was a lot of relevance. Yeah, I mean, um, it was written by J.G. Ballard, who wrote uh, Crash. Oh, there you go, and Crash was another amazing film that yeah. they made off of that book. Yeah, and he, of course, was really, really well known for doing post-apocalyptic science fiction. Yeah. That was his big deal, so he did Crash, High Rise, um, there was another one he did called The Wind From Nowhere, which I think I've actually read. Anyways, he's a, he's a, he's a great artist. Great writer, rather. Yeah. Um, some of the, the relevance that I thought was, uh, I think, you know, wonderful. It's literally like they became all homeless people in their own yeah. homes. You know, um, and like how the, you know, and it was the hierarchy too. Yeah. What floor do you live on? Yeah, the of course. Up, the better. Um, um, but also like, just like, the, the, like the hierarchy, but like also like, you know, when shit hits the fan and, the, you know, part of, like, like we have the post-apocalyptic idea yeah. that if something were to happen, shit show's gonna happen, people are gonna fight for the top, it's 
no rules will apply. Yeah. It will literally become, as I, I, I would call one of my ex-boyfriends, a caveman. Um, and I didn't mean that in the sense like, oh, he just doesn't, you know, he's a typical dude. No, he was so effing fucking retarded. Um, a dumb. <laughs> dumb, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Come on. You're better than that. Sorry, internet. Um, no, he he had just like these his ideals of you know why we're here, and mind you, that's a very 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 big conversation. Yeah, one hundred percent. Very sensitive and all that stuff, but like the exact words that he told me were like I thought just foul and disgusting, and I was like, you are very ignorant. You are very ignorant. You are very ignorant. So your your whole purpose is literally just to just just to be here for a little bit and go. Like, and mind you, they, 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 like, I'm simplifying That's that. That's a bit bleak, but okay. <laughs> I, I am simplifying that. And mind you, a lot of people will be like, well, duh. Yeah. If you don't believe anything else, it's like, we're here just to work Yeah, what's up, nihilism? You know. Nihilism, however you pronounce it, whatever. But it's like, you know, if something were to take off, he would be one of those fuckers that you, is the villain. <laughs> I can guarantee it. Who's 100%. just like, I can revel in my, my worst desires. Yeah. And no one's going to bat an eyelash about them. Yeah. Or just, you know, like, I, I believe in structure, I do. Um, but I, I don't think he'd necessarily be like that, you know, the 100% like, you know, murdering and raping and pillaging and all that stuff. Yeah. But he would be the, you know, the stereotypical, he's on the bad side because the bad side has anything they want, you yeah. know, instead of like, we need to ration right now and rebuild. <laughs> we need to... We need to stick as one. We need a garden. <laughs> we need a filtration system for our water. We got to get out of here, guys. We gotta go. Yeah. Um... No, I, uh, I I saw the trailer for High Rise. I like vaguely remember reading the book, but very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that like that has been something that's always kind of drawn me to dystopias is when people go, well, what would humanity do given this opportunity? Because it's neither terrible nor good. It's this weird sort of gray area in the middle that I've always loved as a writer. Yeah. Because it allows for you to have characters that are just like, like, they're not good, they're not bad, they're just people. There was a couple of characters in there that were literally like, this is how we're going to survive. In the beginning, like, they were assholes to each other, didn't like each other, but in the end, it was like, it's changed. And then also kind of like showing like the different part of the hierarchy. Yeah. The people who live at the top have literally a horse in a garden. Like, it's unrealistic. It's like, it made me think of Marie Antoinette, you know. Yeah, yeah, give him, yeah. Give him cake. <laughs> yeah, or, um, oh gosh, the, um, there's a black and white silence film from, silent film, rather, uh, from way, way back in the day. It's Metropolis. It's okay. Metropolis. Wow, that was a long <laughs> trip. Um, Metropolis is kind of the same thing where there's this huge disparity of workers that are down below that are doing all of these things to make sure that the society up above functions and the society up above is this sort of Eden um, garden area where everyone is perfectly coiffed and taken care of by mm-hmm. uh, on hand and foot and just constantly never having to regard any of these people that are below them and mm-hmm. then it turns into the low rising up against the high and it's a very interesting um sort of way of looking at it uh, i believe it was just an allegory for the russian revolution if i have it correctly i believe um, i believe you're correct on that yeah no i remember um having to do some research on that uh, yeah. for school 
I watched the entire thing and loved every minute of it. Um, but regardless, it's kind of the thing that draws me to every movie and every dystopia like that is just this kind of idea of who would win. Yeah, and then also the the and at the, in the end, no one is the answer. And then also like the you know we have our hierarchies in society, and that it's it's part of sociology. It's part of it's part of life. You know, there's yeah. going to be a leader, and there's going to be beneath it, and and a lot of people like you know in, in the American dream, if you work, you do this, you take care of the person above you. Now you're going to be that person above, but a lot of times that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, speaking uh, of dystopias, <laughs> what's up Brazil? <laughs> yeah, that's like just. <laughs> we gotta throw that one in there too because it's like if I work hard I'm gonna live in a little cubicle that's a little bit better than the person underneath me exactly and with, uh, like I hope one film that just came to mind I don't and I haven't done research on the film so I don't I don't know if there's historical accuracy on it which one um, it's called The Boy with the, uh, the Striped Pajamas or The Boy Who Wore Striped Pajamas The Boy Who Wore Striped Pajamas yeah yeah and it's like like the isn't that about Nazis yes but the, what it, my my connection there is that I mean it's dystopian for sure I wouldn't necessarily call it sci-fi but <laughs> no okay. it's not but it just made me think of it it's like the boy is literally trying to hang out with the other boy because the other boy's just like him yeah except there's a fence between them yeah and the other go- the guy the other boy is you know malnourished and having to work and all that stuff but that little boy just wants to hang out with that little boy because he's another little boy and so it's like you know if society were ever to get to the post-apocalyptic are we still going to have things like that where it's like we are we are all one we should all be together i don't know um and mind you then again you know like getting part, together and, or, yeah. and helping each other and all a stuff. part of me feel like wants that to be a thing but there's then there's that other part of me that looks at sociological sort of mindsets and mob mentality and everything along those lines and i, I can't have better than you yeah i can't help but think that it would be like it's different and kill that's, it that's part of sociology that is part of like how we as humans function is like some people are egotistical some people are, are psych- uh, sociopaths not psycho well and psychopaths um so there, there's there's a constant there's a constant six of one half dozen of the other <laughs> but it's, it's it's always gonna be a constant theme in anything yeah anything because the fact that that's just how we are as humans there's Mm -hmm. never going to be a perfect society and you know when they when they uh, in theory communism would work but you get over 500 people and it breaks down yep and then unless you're china (laughs) but still (laughs) which i mean that's a that's a whole other thing we're just not even going to talk about this is getting really deep morgan (laughs) we got to get up there we got to get back up to the surface we're going real real deep i'm okay with it i'm just this is a silly podcast with dumb things to talk about (laughs) but yeah no um so high rise was wonders recently um that just opened the door for a lot of questions yeah just kind of like you know a lot of things i've learned in school a lot of things i've learned in life you know that's what happens when something fails and the ruler's still at the top yeah um so i you know kind of segueing into that is taking down the leader and starting a new one it's a good thing we don't live in a society like that right now (laughs) 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 someone help me i'm trapped (laughs) as far as utopias are concerned i'm gonna get into star trek okay let's do this uh we could sort of go into star wars but not maybe (laughs) kind (laughs) of would you consider star wars a utopia yeah duh um oh duh really (laughs) all right 
Well, fuck me okay, then, so I you, guess. Okay, so you go on to how your utopia with your uh, Star Trek. Yeah. We got people listening just like, I, I can hear conversations. Just of, like, ooh, what's he gonna do? two people in the room going, yeah, Star Wars. And the other person going, yeah, Star Trek. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I thought we were friends. So, uh, <laughs> wait, what did you say? <laughs> the battle begins. Yeah. No, this isn't going to be a Star Trek versus Star Wars. This is what I we know. talked about the other day, where it's like, you know... Yeah, but people, you, you know, people are going to do it. Trekkies versus... Yeah, God, every day, all day, it's just apparently a built-in thing that you can't like one and not like the other. Yeah. I like both, guys, for <laughs> totally different reasons. Calm down, they're TV shows and, and movies. Have, have you seen um, our, our buddy, uh, Wow... <laughs> You're doing great. You're dying. Uh, I'm doing so great because I'm such a huge fan of him, too. Dying on the microphone. Seth MacFarlane. Have you seen his new thing? Oh, the Orville? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. I like it. I, I think it's enjoyable. I do. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's funny. That's why I, I said I love, it, it, I, love, it, I, love, I love Seth MacFarlane. Like, I would love to work with him one day, so. I don't, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really you know, happy. We're, we're just that, disconnecting on I all know. parts right now. Man. But, you know, this is going to turn into this is your pilot speaking, and then there's not the co-pilot, but the other pilot from the other airlines. <laughs> This Same is your mind pilot speaking. I threw Morgan out the airlock. Um, mind you, she disagreed with me. We have lower rates, but more quality and more comfort, and everyone's in first class. Like, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, we're really, really up there. Yeah, we're gonna. We're with the best of them. We got flying saucers. Is that what we have? Yeah, we have flying saucers. Wow. Okay. We're really, really taking it, <laughs> taking it real sci-fi. But anyways, let's go on. We. Your, okay, uh, <laughs> so Star Trek, of course, um, Earth has become a uh, post-scarcity world where it is this very utopian society, and of course, crime persists because people are people and it's a thing, but it doesn't happen nearly as much, and it is something that uh, is is quelched, pre- quelched, mm-hmm. squashed, whatever you want to say. Um, it, it's taken care of very quickly. Um, and the same goes for the Prime Directive and how their their Voyager systems go out into the world and everything along those lines. Star Wars, to me, I don't know... I don't know if I would call it a utopia. Why do you, why do you define it as a utopia? And I mean, let's first start off as what do we define as a utopia? Okay, you you define first. (laughs) For me, a utopia is defined as a post-scarcity world where no one is left without help. Everyone is allowed to make their own decisions. Crime is really, or or what we define as crime, so the the basics, you know, uh, murder, rape, um looting, uh, arsony, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those things, uh, are all not a thing anymore. Okay. And everyone may have differences, but they get along to a degree of, yes, we may not agree with each other, but that is something that we're allowed to do because of the world that we live in. Okay. And everyone gets to have three meals a day and a roof over their head and hot water to take a shower okay you know i so a prison um (laughs) it really breaks down the further you look into it but just roll with me here (laughs) i no i I agree with uh your definition of utopia i also is like having built 
um, a utopia part of a class in high school. Um, what would you have? Um, you know, one of the things that teacher said though is there's always going to be some sort of prison system. Yeah. There's always going to be crime. Yep. So part of my utopia is that you know preventions of things or harsher punishments, um, things like that. Star Wars. You know, there's many different planets. Yeah. There's you know there's many different aspects to it. So. That's definitely not a thing in Star Trek, Morgan. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait. Okay. okay. <laughs> But no, that's what I think is. Like, I get where you're coming from, though. I'm just being pedantic. <laughs> it's also, you know, you look at where, you know, who rules what planet or what area, or what yeah. region, you know, what they have built as far as, you know, crime and punishment, but also taking care of their people and so on. And that's why there's the sure. battle between different different places. So. Yeah. But utopia, in in, in I would sense, say certain planets are a utopian sort yes. of era, like Coruscant for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where the one of the main Jedi temples is. Um, that's actually where the Jedi High Council is. Okay. Um, I would consider that kind of a utopia of sorts. Yeah, but also it's like, I, I, again, you know, I think of utopia and like its theory is like a different place and how would it be ruled. Um, that's, it's not a real place. Um, but then dystopia. Yeah. Definition is what is actually already existing. Oh, yeah. Define a dystopia. It's already existing. And it's already, like... Uh, I mean, some of the films that I have mentioned tonight, like, are kind of, in a sense, like, if if something was different, yeah. this is how it would be. Which some people can think of that being a utopia. But, it's again, it's not. We're in <coughs> real place, real time. Well, I almost feel like it's easier to do a dystopia than it is to do a utopia. True. Because, inevitably everyone comes back to the fact that humanity as a whole is flawed Mm -hmm. and we are all flawed people which will push comes to shove turn into a dystopian future Mm -hmm. to come up with a utopian future is to imagine a place where everyone gets along which is i don't know about you but for me is nigh impossible and yes i said impossible because i'm (laughs) ralph wiggums It's nigh impossible. It is extremely hard for me to think of a place where everyone gets along and is just super okay with everyone else. <laughs> so I feel like it's almost harder to, to, to bring up instances of like, oh yeah, this is good. This is what is a solid utopia. Yeah. Like Star Trek is literally the only one I can think of that's like, yes, there is conflict, but the conflict is on these voyaging spaceships. It's not on the planets that the Federation is has a, a, a hand in. Mm-hmm. And I mean sure, maybe that's like low-key fascist, but at the same time it works for them, so hey. <laughs> and you know, when, it, when I said the 100 earlier and also uh, Lost in Space, the 100 is not something that you would want to go for in the future. <clears throat> yeah. But it's, it's so unrealistic of what would happen. I yeah. mean, they do try going into the scientific this is what would happen to the body. This is what, you know, people would mutate and all that thing. Yeah. Um, but I kind of see that in a sense of it's different utopia because they're back on Earth. They're back into the the, the, the the luscious land, but now that they have to change it for the better of their own. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch Battlestar? I did not. Okay. Can I spoil something for you? Go ahead. Are you going to watch it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well then I don't want to spoil anything for you. 
it's a very cyclical series. Okay. Um, and the ending of it is kind of a huge letdown to me as a viewer that was super invested mm. in all of it because it's a show all about humanity fighting for survival and trying to find a place where they can start over again from scratch and it's going to be better mm-hmm. and then you get to the end and it's just the exact same thing <laughs> and you're like well that sucks like that's a bummer that's something that i didn't want to happen i get why the writers did it but i would have loved to see them do like the a flash forward where it's just the world's great everything's good everyone gets along we don't have defactors we don't have people that are like fuck this system i'm out we just everyone's cool with it so that kind of bummed me out that that was a thing but um yeah that's an aside that really is pointless. That's like the the nightmare of um, one of the recent Planet of the Apes, the one with Mark Wahlberg. Um, Which, where, by the way, is such a good trilogy. I love it so Did much. Did you see the last one? I, that one's uh, actually in the mail right now. Um, oh, it's so, so good. But no, I, I really liked the whole thing where he thought he went back and went back to where he was supposed to come from. He lands. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. He is literally at the planet of the apes. He didn't, there was no, like, he was on the wrong planet. He was on the right planet. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, that's how the originals were as well. Yeah, so there was, was, I like just how they portrayed it, though, like, when he came back and he's looking at everything, like, he goes and sees, um, you know, yeah, all the national monuments. monuments yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just, like, that, that feeling of horror, like, I've escaped it, now, I'm, oh shit, this is it. I can never escape it. This nightmare is going to be a never-ending yeah. cycle. I like psychological thrillers like that, where it's, you think that they escaped, but little do you know. They'll they never escape. It's, it's, what's that one movie where um, they're in the car, they're driving at the family, and it never ends. Oh my god, why am I... For, uh, forgetting the name of it it's a horror movie they're going on a family trip they take this road uh-huh. uh lost lost uh they, but no they, they keep i don't know that one and um one by one they're getting killed off oh great in and, the car um the well they there's the reasons they have to keep stopping okay but it's a never-ending <sighs> it sounds terrifying i'm I gonna look it up highway. when i get home I, i'm pretty confident it's lost what highway. i'm gonna do right now is while you're looking that up i'm gonna yell pee break and y'all are gonna go pee and then we're gonna come back and just kind of wrap this up because we are at 48 <laughs> minutes right now so there's that we'll be right back guys <laughs> Um, that was really fun. Uh, 
I just watched a trailer for a movie that just looks absolutely bonkers. It has nothing to do with science fiction and everything to do with weird horror movies well, because that's for sure what we're talking about right now on the <laughs> second part of this one. Well, what my correlation was to that is that the never-ending horror that you think you're, you've made it out but you haven't. And um, the the film that I it was wrong, it wasn't Lost Highway... That's a completely different film. Yeah. Um, this one was called Dead End. It was made in 2003. And uh, basically, family is going to grandmother's house for uh-huh. Christmas. No, through the forest and over the hills or whatever. I don't remember that Over song. the hills and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Pretty yes. much that. And they, uh, but you, you get know. murdered along the way. Sorry, Grandma. And it's it's a psychological thing. But I like it just the, the whole premise they were talking about where literally the horror never ends. Yeah. You think you made it out. Yeah. Um... Yes. I mean, we got 15 minutes left, so we got to wrap this up. All right. What do you want to do? What's going to be our last one? Our I'm going to let one. you decide it. You got to get a good sci-fi one in there. Come on. We can do it. Dystopia versus Utopia. I believe in you. It was the the recent one, 8 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah. The sequel. Yeah. It, that was the sequel? Yes. I didn't to know- Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Holy shit, I was wondering. <laughs> yes, it's 100% a sequel to Cloverfield, and it's amazing, and I loved everything about it. John Goodman is fantastic as a I villain. I love John Goodman, and mind you, watching that yeah. made me so creeped out. I was like, you are, you are like, one of the, one of my favorite actors, and you just scared me. You, it, it's kind of like Harrison Ford yeah. did that a couple times. And- You're America's <laughs> sweetheart. You were married to Roseanne. What are you doing? <laughs> Kurt Russell's done that a couple times. Like, you know, these people who, like, you look as, like, the, the awesome figure that's, yeah. like, the dad figure. And then they just do go off the the rails and be like, I'm going to yeah. kill everyone. Uh-huh. Matt McConaughey did it as well. Yes. In uh, Dark Tower, which we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> No, I actually really liked it. Fight me, nerds. Um, it Cloverfield Lane, like Cloverfield itself. It you know it reminded me of a couple movies together. Mind you, that happens with everything. Like I came up with a story that I came up before I even saw the one hundred, and then when I was like like writing some of it, I was like, I can't write this anymore because it's literally like kind of the reversal of the one hundred. It's the exact same plot. Shit. It's literally they're underground. And then they go up. <sighs> yeah. And the, well, that's been done a couple times it more has than just been, throwing it out but there. But the, like, what they find on Earth is that you know, I don't know if I should give it away. Or Everything's actually fine. Are you even going to finish the story? That's the real question. Um, I don't know. I'm debating that because the world is not fine. But what actually happened? Why they're underground mm. is a lie. Oh, okay. Um, Ooh, can I uh, can I make a deep, deep pull that no one's gonna know? But uh, I just I have to talk about it because I read the book when I was twelve years old, and uh, it stuck in my head. And it was one of those things that you read or you watch as a child, and you uh, you kind of like get older on in life, and you're like, was that a fever dream or a real thing? Yeah. And I googled it, and sure enough, it's a real thing, and it has to do with sci-fi, and it has to do with dystopia as well. It's a book called Galaxy Arena. Okay. And I think I've talked to you about this before. Possibly. But the premise is that these orphans get kidnapped and put on a spaceship and sent to this area where there are other orphans who are forced to perform these death-defying incredible circus stunts for aliens that are watching in the shadows uh, by this corporation they don't say who they are 
Um, this whole thing is that these children could potentially, and in certain cases, not to spoil this, do die. Mm-hmm. And the aliens feed off of the adrenaline from the children as they're doing this, and that's what makes them stronger. Mm-hmm. Now, as the story progresses, it turns into this massive conspiracy plot where they're not in space, they're still on Earth, they're in the middle of the New Mexican desert, and this is an experimental program by a black level uh, governmental system mm-hmm. where. Uh, like centigenarians and very very old people who are trying to defy death and be um, immortal. immortal are using the children to gain this immortality through their fear and their they've managed to harness this and the end of it is these kids running away and and like a whole it's like this whole thing but this stuck in my head and I and I actually just reread it and it's the perfect thesis for like really well done dystopian future sci-fi because it has such a great like Shyamalanian back when he was good twist to it although his newest one was pretty okay um it has all the trappings of dystopian sci-fi kids being forced to do something they don't want to do what's up Ender's Game and on top of that aliens Mm -hmm. but not actually aliens (laughs) so that that is gonna be like my final go and read this if you haven't read it people and I really want it to be turned into a movie or a tv show but I don't think it ever will be because it's supposed to be like nine to 16 year olds and some of them die in pretty brutal fashions so you know what i i want to i need to read it because of the fact that like just the the premise but i have to read it because of the premise uh but i i want to see like my visual sense like can this be done should it be done sure kind of thing um, you know, when when you talk about like children yeah. being killed um, out of movies, you know, there is that one film by M Night Shyamalan that everyone's like, "This is fucking disgusting." This was it was realistic. Wait, which one? Um, the grass talks. Uh, oh, the happening. <laughs> the happening. That's a terrible film, Morgan. But okay. But no, like people like completely disgusted by the film because of that one scene. But mind you, like when we're going into post-apocalyptic or something like that, this is a lot more of like apocalypse. Is like we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Persons are like, this is where I'm staying, even though they're just like, we need help. Blah blah blah. You know, I get that. Um, I don't like watching things where children get hurt <laughs> yeah yeah it bothers me uh but then you look at you know like what teenagers are... not as upset about yeah i'll watch the maze runner till the cows come home <laughs> i'll definitely watch uh all of the hunger games trilogies <laughs> but i like the the because um... teenagers are shitty and they need to be taught a lesson well it's like even watching the movie it you know, or like if you're yes. reading the book. Because those, they, those, ki- are, oh. those aren't really teenagers. Let's talk about that bathroom scene, though. Which will scar you <sighs> for life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Still had a hard is... time washing my hands. It's yucky. It's gross, yeah. right? Yeah. But sci-fi, especially when we get into dystopian and utopian futures, pushes that limit. And I think my final thought, as far as that's concerned, is that's what I love about sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Is that it 
pushes the limit of what we consider acceptable. Yeah. And that's a rare thing to have in storytelling because there's so often, especially now when we live in this culture where everything gets checked and I'm not saying it's a bad thing mm -hmm. at all. It is a great thing. I'm super happy for social justice warriors and people that actively point out the fact that there are some very troubling things about writing. But when it comes to writing like this, if it's done in the correct way, it can bring up these very traumatic, trying things and really make you think about them and go, is that okay? Is that all right? Is that something that we would allow as the future continues mm -hmm. and that is what always draws me to sci-fi and that's my end thought so morgan my end thought um you're putting yourself in a different world obviously with any story with any genre it, you're putting yourself in a different world yeah with sci-fi it's it can be a lot of the times it's like you think futurist futuristic or aliens or the unknown of a certain nature and a lot of times you know i, I just think of horror but yeah um Putting yourself in the shoes, I, I am a big fan of uh, coming of age or going to battle, you know, what is this, what are we doing? Um, so sci-fi for me, in this sense, is literally putting yourself in the shoes, but then kind of like, I like you know, semi-relating it. Um, like, okay. The battle of the universe. You gotta make it <laughs> realistic to an extent. Realistic to an extent, but you know, there are some that... Uh, Actually, I don't think I've seen a good one that is more of like has nothing really to relate currently, but it because um, that's all part of the structure of story writing. Yeah. Um, but having I want to I want to create something or have someone create something so powerful that really doesn't have like you can't really try putting yourself in their shoes, which okay. would be difficult. Yeah. Because then what are you watching? It's like yeah, you're watching like this this weird figure doing weird things and building things or. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna, no, I, <laughs> I, no, I understand it, what you're saying. Um, Do you have a list of things that you want people to watch? <laughs> High Rise. High Rise, definitely watch that one. Um, if you haven't seen The Thing from 1982, go see that one. I I need to go check out the original. Um, I'll read the book. You see the original. Um, and then also 8 Cloverfield Lane. That one came out a little bit ago. Yeah. I would definitely um, want people to watch that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Godzilla. All of them. Just all of them, period. <laughs> okay. All I like, right. I like the one that took place in New York. The 2001 one? Yeah. With Matthew Broderick? When I first saw it, I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this is awesome. Now watching it in the CGI and I'm just like, whoa. Also, okay. Loki saying Mama Godzilla having babies was like, oh, that's cool. And we found out Godzilla cool. yeah, is a, a lady. Is a light, hey. And then uh, that we kill our children. Hey, another story of killing children. Oh, <laughs> Surprise. Well, they're they're alien lizard children, so they don't count. Yeah, but I I, I felt saddened when they blew up the arena. And yeah. Like, uh, but mind you, uh, they also all Loki just looks like knockoff Velociraptors. <laughs> so no, they did. They, they did. did. They one hundred percent did. Um, th that one, and then uh, like. Cloverfield and eight Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Um, Cloverfield reminded me of Godzilla versus like there's a couple other films in there yeah. that are beating my brain, um, but I like the way that they did it. Like I, you know, I go back to like if someone can make a a sci-fi film or a horror film or any film for a very low budget and have it be fucking fantastic. Yep. 
and, and not just for the profit, but at yeah. the, game, the same time, at the end of the day, we want to make money for our, our, our art. Yeah, um, of course. Stuff like that, because it, it's all about the imagination. Yeah. All right, my so. list is, uh, let's see, Children of Men, Obvi, for very, very obvious reasons. If you haven't seen it already, please go see it. Um, it's worth your time. Um, Blade Runner. I mean, it's a classic, but some people haven't seen it, and that's okay. You just, you're a little behind the times, but that's totally <laughs> fine. There's a million different versions you can watch. I think you can even get it on Netflix now. I'm not 100% certain, but if you can't, I'm sure that you can rent it from somewhere or find it on the internet By if the way, you can't afford it. Um, just a real quick interjection there. Go ahead. Uh, Netflix, they do have partnership with DVD.com. Yeah. And literally, it's like brand new movies. Right then and, and there, there for and you. It's like literally, you know, you used to go to Blockbuster, Hollywood Video. Yep. Um, Red it, box. Cost, it cost you like three to seven bucks or whatever it was. It's so cheap. Literally, if you just have like the month's pers- uh, prescription, well, subscription. It's a prescription to you guys. Same thing. It's therapy. Sure, um, why not? But no, if you have that month's uh, subscription and literally you can watch as many yeah. and return them. Yeah. And it's cheaper. By the way, sorry, this is going to be my last like quick note on go ahead. this. Did you hear about Movie Madness? Uh, they have been bought out. They officially reached their goal. They did. By the way. Um, um, oh, people that don't know, uh, Movie Madness is a movie rental place. We've talked about it previously. It yep. literally has everything. Um, in school, they would send you there because no one else would have a film. You so, can't even order it offline. Well, the owner, he's so, ready to... By the way, you don't follow us on Facebook, which is really <laughs> funny because you're a co-pilot. I don't and have You Facebook still anymore. don't blast any of our stuff on the internet, but Facebook that's a, well. You should fix that because it would get us so many more followers. <laughs> um, we put up a thing that stated like, "Hey, remember when Morgan and Jeremy talked about Movie Madness and it was okay. their Kickstarter on it?" And we got 118 people that clicked on that link. Holy shit! So we did a thing, Morgan. Okay, good. We helped. Good. Yes. High fives yes. all around, and they are like 95 percent to their goal they want to make it a non-profit so there's no owner they can exactly. possibly lose this again in the future but it's the same people that own hollywood cinema which is probably one of the greatest theaters that's around in portland they um were widely regarded for the fact that quentin tarantino gave him his uh 80 millimeter version of the hateful eight in person oh. and was actually at the theater and was like adamant that this theater never dies he helped sponsor them so that they could get their renovations to their facade and make it all nice Mm -hmm. Um, and now they are trying to buy Movie Madness and we just like if you can support them in any way possible please do because they're one of the last bastions of like incredibly rare and hard to find films that you can't find on Netflix and look I know the internet is a magical wondrous place but sometimes you have to get the physical format from something yep and movie madness is the place to do it so if you can Please do. Um, you can find all those sci-fi films that we just discussed today. They're all oh, there. They're all there. And um, I will I will try and put up a link on, the, uh, on both the podcast um, and on our website to the Kickstarter. And whatever you can give to them, please do. They deserve every cent of it. Now, getting back into it. Already said Children of Men. Already said Blade Runner. I would throw Black Mirror in there if you haven't seen it. We didn't even talk about it. But it's a fantastic TV series by BBC that is like really, really close to to the future. And it's very dark and very wonderfully done. And I would highly recommend it. By the way, quick question about that. Yeah, Um, go ahead. 
when you watched it on Netflix, yeah. did it play it backwards? No. That is so weird because when I click play, it usually will start with season one, episode one. I literally started from the last season from episode one forward and then the second season and then the third, uh, sorry, third season, second season, and then first season. It played it backwards. And so okay. when I was telling my sister, I'm like, oh yeah, I saw this. And she goes, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't seen that yet. I'm like, I'm watching. And what? then I look, I'm like. And oh, I'm on season three. If, Whoops. If I click play, it literally puts me on season three, season yeah. two, season one. Okay, so honestly what I would say is that if you're going to go watch Black Mirror, um, also also just preemptively go read Galax Serena because it's amazing. The newest season of Black Mirror has an episode of, called San Junipero, and it is the most heartbreakingly beautiful piece of televised sci-fi that I've seen in years and I would say that every other episode is fantastic but if you have to start anywhere and you want to get your friends involved with this show as well and you just want to have a real good cry just <laughs> just watch the San Junipero episode because it's just it's gorgeous it's so beautiful yeah it's it is it is amazing um with that with that being said, with that being said, Morgan, <laughs> I think it's time to call it a night. It I is. think our flight is now going into landing. <laughs> we have the wheels down. Morgan, Jeremy, so good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too. <laughs> I'll see you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to This Is Your Pilot Speaking. I know there are many other airplanes that you could choose to fly on, but I'm so happy that you chose us. My name is Jeremy O'Connell. This will be available on the iTunes podcast and on our website as well. Morgan! <laughs> Jeremy, that's a huge rat. You want to deuce? Just ran behind you wanna, you. <laughs> oh, no! You want to deuces this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> ready? One, two, three. Deuces! Deuces, sorry, wow. Oh. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah, okay. One, two, three. Deuces! This Is Your Pilot Speaking is part of Brevity Media Group. Brevity Media Group. Dumb shows for smart people. Like, is it like, do you have anything on you? And the passenger of the car says, no, but I have a scale for meth. Oh, great. Okay. And he goes, okay, can we go through the backpack? And they go through the backpack and they found colored pencils and a scale for this meth. And they're like, got anything else on you? And what do you use the colored pencils for? <laughs> they found some coloring books. He goes, that goes hand in hand with meth. I mean, yeah, you got to have something to do. Yeah. And then so I'm <laughs> just watching all this shit. Like, I'm really bored. I think it's the meth. Do you have coloring books? You know what? I do. <laughs> It's for those parents that are buying meth and are like, all right, my kids are being assholes. They just will not show up. Can you throw some coloring books at them while I get this transaction done? Thank you so much.